This week, we conclude our special word sermon series on words that make up God's vocabulary. We've explored words like faith, peace, water, tolerance, Sabbath, covenant, worship, repentance, lament, and church so far. And while these words might seem like a random collection of religious words, each word teaches us something about God. Today, our special word is mission. And this word mission is perhaps the culmination of all these little teachings combined. So friends, let us continue listening now for a word from God from the Gospel of Mark in the 16th chapter, verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel or proclaim the good news to all creation. Friends, this too is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, open in us our hearts to be molded and to be shaped by you. Silence in us the to-do lists that run through our brains, the stresses we experience, and all of our anxieties, so that we might hear your guidance this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. When I was a kid, probably around 11 or 12, my little cousin discovered James Bond. He was obsessed. And whenever all of the cousins were together, he would insist that we play James Bond. And the way that we played James Bond was by going on missions. As the oldest cousin, I got to play M, who assigned the missions, and I thought I was very cool. Now, in most cases, these super top-secret missions were something like stealing Oreos from the pantry without our parents knowing, or sometimes they were more prank-like and involved things like switching the batteries in the remote so they wouldn't work. For some reason, we thought those were really funny missions. My cousins and I would do things like tiptoe by the wall or somersault down hallways to complete these missions in top secrecy. It wasn't until this James Bond stage of my cousin's life that I began to understand that there's a mission, there's a purpose in church too. I find mission to be one of those interesting words for as ingrained as the word mission is in church culture, the word mission itself never actually appears in the Bible, at least according to a few Google searches. Instead, we get our understanding of mission from verses like the ones that we read this morning. At this point, Jesus has died on the cross, he has been risen, And now he's appearing to the disciples, the same one who in Mark's Gospels ran away scared and too afraid to tell anyone what they've seen, for they didn't believe that he had risen. So he's appearing to them and he tells them to go. Go out into the world and proclaim the good news that Jesus Christ is risen to every creature. Jesus tells them to go. He gives them a mission. Like Jesus called the disciples who he appeared to to go, to go out into the world, 
God gives us that same charge to go out into the world and to proclaim the good news. Go out into the world and proclaim the good news. But what does that mean? Does it mean walking out the back door of our sanctuary yelling that Jesus has risen? That might get you some weird looks from the drivers along King's Way. I know when I hear those words proclaim the good news, especially when I was, a, when I was younger, I thought they were really intimidating. I thought that that was the thing that only pastors can do while preaching, but that's obviously not the case. The good news that we proclaim, that Jesus has risen, that death has been defeated, that God is still at work in the world. Our mission, the church's mission, is to remind the world of God's presence in it, that God is still here. And it's not just something that we do with our words. One way we do this is by going, literally going. I was reminded this weekend of how God sometimes calls us to go at a wedding of all places. My best friend was getting married, and as I talked with her dad about our friendship, like you usually do at weddings, I said something about how their move to Honduras was the worst time ever. See, their family had moved to Honduras for two years when we were both in early elementary school to be missionaries. And when you're in early elementary school and your best friend moves out of the country, it's the worst. Her dad laughed at the pastor's description of their missionary years, and he went on to tell me that they were called by God to go, to go and to take their gifts and their knowledge about medicine and language to Honduras to care for God's people. For those years, that was their mission. One way is to go, literally, to another country to remind the world of God's presence in it. But what about those of us who aren't called to pick up and go? But we're still called to remind the world of God's presence in it, that God is still here. What if we think about mission differently? As I was wondering what to write about or how to preach on mission, I came across this great quote from Paul Hooker. Paul's a professor at Austin Theological Seminary, and he does a lot of work on ecclesiology. It's the one on the back of your bulletin, and I put it there and wanted to talk about it because it's a quote that sort of rearranged my brain a little, and I wonder if it might do the same to yours. It reads, It is not the church who sends. It is God who sends the church. If the church is to let the same mind among us that was in Christ Jesus, then we must come to understand that just as Christ was sent into the world, so also is the church sent into the world. Mission does not happen at the initiative of the church. Mission happens at the initiative of God. Mission is not an item on the to-do list of the church. The mission of God is the reason for the church. The mission of God, this spreading of love, this forgiving of sins, this rising from the tomb, this spreading of good news, is the reason for the church, not the other way around. What if we let this change how we think about mission? 
Instead of thinking of missions as something that we do, something that we tick off a to-do list, that we think about mission as reminding the world of God's action in it still. Earlier this summer, some of our youth went up to Charlotte on a mission trip. They went up there anticipating things like working, sorting clothes, maybe working in a garden or serving in a soup kitchen, things along those task-oriented lines. And while we did most of those things, there were a few sites that were less focused on doing something and more focused on building a relationship, building a connection, on being present. We went to two work sites that were like this, where there wasn't anything to fix or to really do. And if I'm being totally honest, I was a little nervous about these sites. So there's a lot more vulnerability It's a bit more intimidating when you go somewhere that you've never been before in a room full of people that you don't know very well and you don't have a project to hide behind. We went to the Samaritan House, which is a place that people can come who don't have a home to return to after they've been in a hospital. We went to this memory care unit called the Haven at Highland Creek. At both of these places, the things to do were things like play games with the residents, things like being a friend to them. I was a bit worried that our group would keep to themselves, but the opposite happened at both of these places. Instead of standing in a circle off to the side, they sat down with the residents. They played games, laughing when someone would put down the perfect card in apples to apples. They screamed with excitement when someone would get a Yahtzee for the third time in a single game. They passed a balloon to this one resident who didn't appear to be a big talker, and his face didn't really respond like ours normally do. But yet, when the balloon came to him, his face lit up and he laughed. We became connected. We reminded those residents of God's presence in the world by being a friend, because that's what God calls us to do. That's our mission, to be present. In the Come and See class this summer, they've been going through that Godspeed series, which I'm sure you've heard about a few times or at least received a few emails about. This series follows an American pastor who goes to Scotland, and while he's in Scotland, he's forced to slow down, to walk instead of run, to slow down, to take life at God's speed. The topic for this week's class happened to be mission as well. In the video for this week, N.T. Wright talks about how the Gospels, like the one that we read from today, isn't a complete story. They're not filled with stories that are tied up into these neat little bows. Instead, they're filled with things that are left to be discovered. The Gospels demand each generation to grow into them, to figure out what to do with these stories, and to discover what this mission means to them. And I couldn't help but think this sounded familiar. I read a little bit this week about Generation Z, according to a church member who sent me an article. Have y'all ever read anything about the different generations? It's pretty fascinating. Generation Z is the generation of our youth. The kids that are currently in our youth group and will be hopefully going this afternoon to summer waves, depending on the rain. This researcher claims that Generation Z 
insist on seeing how their faith speaks life into places where they work, where they play, where they worship, and where they volunteer. It says that their faith must speak life, otherwise it means nothing. Faith speaks life by living out this mission that God calls us to, and I think that rings true for all of us across all the generations. For faith to make sense, we must act. We must be part of this mission that God invites us into, because we exist to remind the world and our community, our neighbors, of God's presence in it. This is God's mission for the church. So friends, this week, go. Go from this place, reminding the world of God's love, because that is the mission that God calls us toward. Go being a kind and loving neighbor. Go being a generous steward of the resources that God has given you. And go spreading the grace that God has extended you to others by being present, by being a friend and a neighbor. Go. Go in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.